week five dominions, what we've been talking about, and we're being reminded that the believer has great victory, great power, great anointing in Jesus. And, and the Lord has put it on my heart that we need to recognize this, and, and we're going to keep preaching on it and, and keep talking about it until the Lord uh, tells me to do something different. And anyway, if you notice, I'm wearing the sword today because the Lord told me to, to wear the sword when I'm on the stage until he releases me to do that. And we'll get into that later. But I didn't have that point covered today. And after being obedient, I see why he told me to do it. But anyway, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I'm going to read to you today from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 uh, through 20. We've been dancing all around this scripture for the last couple of weeks. Uh, does this bowl make me look like really big or really skinny when it reflects off? I just thought about that. Them rocks look gigantic. And I'm hoping this makes me look really thin for the camera. Is it, is it working? But, but anyways, you're turning to Ephesians 6, 10 uh, through 20. I want to welcome those that are online joining us today. Welcome Golden City. Uh, if you've downloaded our Oakton app, uh, you can follow along with us today. It's going to have each point, and you get to fill in the blank on that part of the point. And I challenge you to follow along today. I challenge you to share the service. Uh, you know, the, the enemy's really attacked me lately on some things that, that I believe God's called us to do. And, and, and new things, or newer, two newer things, but, but not. But uh, one was the, the online uh, I feel darts on that a lot of times from the enemy. Oh, they need to be in the church. Uh, they need to do this. They need to do that. Uh, whether we like it or not, uh, lots of people are being reached online. Uh, the other thing is that is a multi-ethnic group at Carthage. Uh, even been told that us coming together as one, uh, no colors, just coming together as one. Uh, the world don't want to hear that. And, and I feel a lot of darts from that. And and I got the report back from Norma this week on the, she puts every group in there and, and what the averages are of everything we're doing in the church. And the top one was, of course, this service. The second one was the online service, Welcome Online. And the third thing was the Oakton Carthage multi-ethnic service. And all the others are important, don't get me wrong. Children's important, youth's important, all these are important, but, but that's been our bigger services in January. Uh, and those three, and, and again, all of these are important. And don't go out there saying he's saying this, that, but they're important. And so we are glad that people are joining us online, inside, outside, wherever they may be. But guys, there's a move of God going on across the land. And I've heard about in the last days that God's going to pour out his Holy Spirit. I've heard that forever. But I've been noticing it more lately than ever. Uh, I was ministering to somebody last night and, and yesterday daytime and mostly yesterday and Friday and Thursday, the Lord's put me in, in places to minister. And, and I feel an anointing like never before. I feel a refreshing like never before. And, and the Lord's wanting us to come on board with who we are in him. And that's why we've been talking about dominion, that God is pouring his spirit out in the last days and the believer has the choice whether to get on board with that or not. Uh, actually, a believer can be dead during this time. 
But a believer, believer can be most alive during this time. So God is moving across our body. God is blessing our body. Talk to our district superintendent and for two hours the other, an hour and a half, two hours the other day, and she went on and on how that the, the, that the system is noticing over and over what's going on at Oakton. Because God is moving here. And, and we're, 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 people are seeing that, not because of us, but because the Holy Spirit is in us and we're allowing it to manifest. But Ephesians 6.10, finally, be strong in the Lord and his strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You get that? Be strong in the Lord and his strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Uh, to be honest with you, I want to spend a lot of time on that. Uh, our, our speaker next week wasn't able to come. And I'm going to break this out and probably talk directly on that next week. But 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. You get that? Withstand, survive victory in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. And so what the Lord is saying through Paul there is that, that you not only stand in these times, but you stand firm when you don't feel like it. And we're going to get into that later. But you stand firm and strong in the Lord and what you've been taught. And, and then he gets into what you've been taught. The armor that we wear is just what we've been taught as believers. So he starts out, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of, breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for feet, having put on readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the enemy. Now think about that. This says evil one here. Any weapon formed against you the shield of faith will put it down. We need to recognize that. Where was I? 17? Yeah, you guys are listening. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in, op in, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mysteries of the gospel for which I, which you, are ambassadors in chains, that I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Amen? Father, bless this word, and Lord, speak to our hearts today. 
And Father, let me say your words and and let it minister into the body today. And Father, let us come out of here encouraged and strong and, and ready to go to battle for you, Lord. Father, those that are already doing that, refresh them in these words today, in Jesus' name. As I was studying this this week, there was lots of things that were going through my mind. And, and man, I've got a book that is this thick that just talks on this scripture alone. That I just read to you today, just that passage. And I'm like, Lord, how do you and why do you want me to speak on that? I, I don't know how to do it in a week. It'd take a year to do what we really needed to do. And the Lord said, make it simple. Make it simple. And I went online and looking for object lessons, and I came to this one, and I give credit to the guy, but I can't remember his name, but he used the orange to describe the armor of God. The orange with the armor on is strong. So when the world comes in and attacks us, and it just seems like the water and the heaviness and the world just floods our life, and the enemy is flooding our life, and and we feel like we're beginning to drown, we need to remember and recognize that the power of God resides in us, that these gifts and these callings that we're going to get into here in a little bit, the armor will cause us to not only withstand, but stay above water. So the orange, with the armor, it floats. Pretty cool. It floats, and the, the, the neat is that I didn't notice it, but now the stem, which is the top, stays above the water. It floats. The orange goes straight to the bottom. Okay, we can go home now. <laughs> With the armor of God, you're going to stay above water And you're going to not only be above water, but you're going to be able to stay above it. All, everything. The other thing I'm hesitant to say today, that even the littlest part of the armor floats. The the biggest part of the armor will float. So the armor of God's going to stay above the, the things of this world, whether we want them to or not. The armor of God is above it all. God is above the enemy. He is stronger. We sang it today. He is stronger. So why are we down here when we need to be up here? I wasn't going to do this because, uh, again, I I don't want to tell us we should operate in half the armor, but let's just peel half the orange out here. And we're peeling, we're going to take out half the orange. I'm sure I'm going to take 60% of the orange and I didn't try this, but I'm pretty sure I'm right. It still will, will float. The, 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 the orange will float even with if you're using half the armor. So some of you today may feel defeated, but if you're even using part of the armor, you will stay above the enemy. And I'm not encouraging that. I'm going to preach today on putting on the whole armor of God. But there is no reason for the believer to be defeated. No reason at all. But we need to recognize the the first point of the armor, that salvation is the key. 
I'm getting a text from online. Did you include uh, Oakton Golden City on the, the figuring for the online service? And no, I didn't. I figured Oakton Golden City separate, so you can add that online if you want to, uh, whoever asked that. But anyway, don't ask me a bunch of questions because it blows my phone up, so I'm not encouraging that. <laughs> but uh, this keeps popping across my screen. So, but, but, but again, we must recognize that we are strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. The helmet of salvation is the key. And again, the helmet stays on top and it doesn't even get in the water. So salvation is the most important thing, that helmet of salvation. So if you don't have Jesus today, you're going to sink straight to the bottom. Without Jesus, boom, straight to the bottom. Jesus tells us these things. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. That's John 14, 6. G, or, uh, Acts 4, 12. And there, and there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved, in talking about Jesus. So we need salvation. Acts 10, 43. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. So Jesus takes care of everything. That salvation is the helmet and the most important thing. 1 Timothy 2, 5, For there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. So again, salvation, God forgives us, God makes us righteous, God does all these things, gets us, or through Jesus, gets us to heaven, and Jesus becomes that mediator that makes us strong in the Lord. Ephesians 16, be strong in the Lord Jesus and his strength. So at salvation, we are giving this, this mediator and, and ends up the, the mediator is the Holy Spirit, which is God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But we are giving an anointing and a calling. And we go back and watch next last week. And I'm not going to get into it a lot, but I really hit on that that you are anointed if you're a believer. Okay? By the way, this will preach. It's very sticky if you take the armor off. And I would like a little rag if I could, a wet rag. And, oh, I can dip that in the water here. Thank you. I don't want to move too much because it's kind of hard to move around. But, but uh, thank you, Joe. Joe and Heather and all of you that helped me get around today. Thank you. And so... The anointing, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you have all knowledge. So when you get saved, you've been anointed and have all knowledge to be strong in the Lord and his strength to to withstand and not only withstand, but destroy the enemy. We are even given the fruits of the spirit, the attributes of the spirit. They reside in us. So at salvation, we have love in us. We have joy in us. We have peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All the things we need to overcome the evil one and the attacks of the enemy, they reside in us. But we got to bring them to the surface. We got to enable them and act them, grow in them. When we don't have love, pray for love and seek it out. Then we're given the gifts, the weapons. And we talked on these a few weeks ago that are available for the believer for spiritual warfare. 
1 Corinthians 12, 1, 12 says, you have been given wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecies, discernment, tongues, and interpretation of tongues as weapons to defeat the enemy. The Lord is really showing me that, that we're not using these weapons in the right way. A lot of us, and, and be honest with you, I don't think it's wrong, but it's out of order. A lot of us are using our gifts to prosper our physical world instead of prospering the spiritual world first, and then it overflows onto the physical world. But we've been anointed, and these spiritual gifts are available. Some would argue and say, oh, no, I've got this gift, i got that gift. I believe that we can operate in any gift at any time that the Lord needs us to. Now, I believe some come to the surface in each one of us, but guys, as I grow in the Lord, those things change in me. Where the church is at, those things change to meet the need of the church, to meet the need of those needing saved. That's why these gifts were given. And then we get the five-fold ministry that was given to lead us and to guide us. In Ephesians 4.11, he gave some to be apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. And guys, I was looking through these the other day as I prayed over the staff because I know these gifts operate in the church, but the Lord began to tell me, start thinking about how these gifts operate in your people and encourage them with it. And that's what I did Thursday, I think it was, is I'd pray for Joe and, and I'd think about, oh yeah, he does, the Lord uses him here, here, and here. And I sent it and encouraged him in that. But God wants to use him in all and he uses you to defeat the enemy. And I went through Giselle and Jim and, and all the staff down to Norma, Tammy, and, and prayed over them. I also prayed that over you guys because those gifts reside in the believer. If they would press into the things of God, be baptized in the Holy Spirit, man, boom. And then we're in back to the armor of God today. It's given to the believer. These things that we're to stand on with all these weapons and attributes and, and all these great leaders, these are the things that we use that, that we're taught every day to stand on. Salvation, righteousness, faith, truth, sword of the, of the Spirit, the Word of God, and the gospel peace. These things have been given to us for victory. But where the Lord showed me, I don't think so much open, but I think some of you are struggling in here. But, but I think the church world in general, some are really struggling because when the church, when the believer aren't operating in the things that we just went over, they are weak and ineffective. You may be floating by the skin of your teeth here, but, but guys, as I tell you, that when we're clothed in salvation and clothed in all these things, we have in victory. But when we're not completely clothed, we're struggling to stay above water. We're using our arms to swim, and it keeps us from using our sword to do battle. You can't grab your sword because you're barely standing above water. So when... We're not operating in the gifts of God, in the, in the attributes, in the armor, in the anointing, in the calling, all these things we talked about, we become spiritually weak and ineffective. And I'm not saying you're going to hell because they're still floating over here, but surviving. How many is tired of surviving and you're ready to take over? 
That's what God wants us to do. And you say, well, pastor, I don't agree with that. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 1, after talking about the spiritual gifts, it says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I am a noising gong or clanging cymbal. When we're not operating in love, the others are ineffective. When we're not operating in all these things the best that we can, then we can be weak and ineffective. And so the challenge is today that we're operating in all these things, but, but the word said today, you put on this armor and you can, you will. And so we talked about righteousness and built the base or uh, salvation and built the base. So let's move into point two, the breastplate of blank and it's righteousness. If you're following online, that would be blank, but it's righteousness. Ephesians 6, 14 says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him, we might become righteousness. The Lord really spoke to me that, that Christ makes us righteous and we need to continue in these things. But, but when we allow sin to move in our life, it causes us to get weak and, because, and we begin to tread water again. And so when David did that and, and he began to sin and commit adultery and, and do these things in his life and, and all these horrible things, he began to where he was sinking. He wasn't staying above water and he cried out in Psalms 51, 10, 12, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me, but restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. So as David began to sink and realize that, that he was fighting to stay above water, that he called out to the Lord and repented and asked the God of heaven to forgive him and restore right spirit in him. As we walk through our life as believers, don't allow sin to creep back in. Don't allow the enemy to allow the unforgiveness or, or uh, uh, whatever it may be to come into your life because again, you'll begin to sink. The Lord ends the Bible in Revelation 22:11, the last chapter. Let the evildoer still do evil and let the filthy still be filthy and the righteous still do right and the holy still be holy. We need to press into the holiness of God and get things out of our lives that, that will maybe come between us and that holiness. And I don't need to tell you what they are. You know the Lord's Spirit will touch your heart and speak that to you. And I believe he is right now. And as 1 John 1, 9 says, if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and also deliver you from unrighteousness. So the Lord is with us. When you're clothed in righteousness, you will have the victory. You'll experience these supernatural things. You'll experience the things of God. So again, guys, we must clothe ourselves in righteousness. And we'll stay above. But again, if we have unrighteousness in our life, and it's a God to us, it can cause us to sink to the bottom. We need the armor of righteousness. Then the shield of faith, ah, I gave it away, but the third point, the shield of blank, or I think it was the, the, the blank of faith, but it's a shield of faith. Ephesians 16, 6, 
in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How many has been attacked by the enemy some way or another? Man, put up the shield of faith. Man, put up that field, that shield and block him. Do you notice that faith, this is what caught my eye in this study this week. Faith is mentioned in the fruit of the spirit. So a fruit of you, all of us have been given faith, Romans 12 talks about. We've all been given faith enough, or I don't even want to say enough faith. You have been given the faith to walk in victory, period, the believer. But we see in, in, in the gifts of the spirit, there's a supernatural faith. Wow. And then we see in this one here, use that shield of faith, that when you need a miracle, supernatural thing to happen in your life, that you know you can call upon the Lord and he will move for you. Doug, that's why you were healed with cancer, from cancer, because you stood by faith. When the world says these things, we don't have to accept it. We can move out in the things of God. When people say you're not worthy, God will never use you. A humbug. Put up the shield of faith. When God says your marriage isn't going to work, your children are going away, they're going straight to hell, put up the shield of faith. And no, they're not. I claim them for the kingdom of God. Stop those fiery darts. Put on the faith that in your life, faith is trusting God with your whole life. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So when we can't see the, the, the thing, the supernatural thing that needs to happen with our physical eyes, we can know with our spiritual eyes that God will intervene. I've seen it my whole life, off and on. And there's a period that you'll go through things, but the Lord will bring you around and what you're standing on by faith will happen. So faith is our defense against the fiery darts of the enemy. Something I just jotted down and I read an article I thought was kind of neat. But, but eight, uh, uh, eight of Satan's favorite darts, doubt, that's a biggie, discouragement, deception, desire, delay, distraction, destruction, denial. That's just the ones. But when you put on the shield of faith, you'll please God. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, you can't please God. But with faith, you can please God. Your faith will overcome that, that, that dart. So, put on the shield of faith. It floats. It works. It protects you. Don't wear the shield of faith. Say, I don't believe in it. It'll sink you. That simple. Or you could be ineffective, wherever that one's floating around at. Number four, stand in truth. Hebrews 11, 4, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth. And I thought, what do you want me to say here, Lord? 
And I looked it up in the Greek, and it says a, a love of truth, both in words, conduct, sincerity, conformity, uh, and to the, to the facts. In other words, you hold to the facts of the truth of the gospel. You love the truth of the gospel. You conduct yourself with the truth of the gospel. Matthew twenty two sixteen, and when you look up the scripture in the Greek, it'll tell you exactly what it meant in that in, in the Hebrews or excuse me in Galatians. But but the truth here sent me to Matthew twenty two six, and the disciples were speaking to Jesus, teacher. We know that you are true, truth, and that you teach the way of God truthfully, teach it, and you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearance. We stand in truth. We're not swayed by the world. We're not swayed by appearance. We're not swayed what people think. We love the truth. We stand in the truth, and we we are behind the things of God. Truth. Proverbs 22, or 23, 23 says, buy truth and do not sell it. So we can clothe ourselves in truth and float, stay above the world and the attacks of the world, or we can say there's no value in truth. God's word, it doesn't really work anymore. Then I went to college and they said, try this new age movement thing. Well, guys, the new age movement thing's going to do this. It's going to sink. And now to the one I didn't know what I was going to say, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Ephesians 6, 17, we take not, or we take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Told you the story about this last week on how this was taken from a stronghold of the enemy in World War II, from a Japanese soldier that had surrendered to an American soldier, they took back what evil tried to steal from this nation. And that's the sword I have here today, but the sword of truth, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, take it on. It's right along with your salvation. It's a part of you, and it's the Word of God. The Holy Spirit asked me to wear this today, and that's what I'm going to speak on. Because I was like, what do you want me to say here, Lord? Well, I found out real quick, the weight of the sword is uncomfortable. I can't hardly keep my pants up. I had to go get another belt, and one so tight, I'm cutting off circulation. So it's my wife, oh no, thank you, honey. Uh, It's not comfortable. Speaking the word of God is not comfortable. Standing on the word of God is not comfortable. Well, it embarrasses me. I was embarrassed. Did you see me walking out today? I was doing this. These new people are going to think I'm crazy. What's that crazy pastor walking the sword around? Dad had this speaker in one time, and she whips out this sword like seven foot long, and I'm like, woo-hoo. But she actually was an awesome uh, evangelist. But I thought, man, I'm, I'm going to embarrass my people. How many of my people are embarrassing me walking around the sword today? Well, how many of our people are embarrassed when I walk up and talk to you in the community because I represent the Word of God? 
How many of our kids walk the other way and we go to school because we're embar- they're embarrassed about what we represent? I looked at Joe when I said that, so none of you youth, none of you youth have ever done that, have you? Standing on the Word of God is not popular. It embarrasses us. It's uncomfortable. Something else I know, notice that you feel it everywhere you go. I couldn't even sit down correctly. I had to change the way I sat down. Gary's laughing at me because he saw me trying to sit down. But the Word of God changes us so that we can sit down and stand up. It's not comfortable. The sword keeps us from doing what we want to do. If I start running right now, uh, you don't want me to start running right now. But you notice what the word does? The other thing I've noticed is it's heavy. This thing's heavy. The word of God can be heavy sometimes. But when we get past all that, and we get used to the word of God in our life, it becomes part of you. You don't notice it anymore. And that's why the Lord told me to wear it. He said, I want you to wear that until you don't notice it anymore. To where you just naturally operate as if it's on your side. And so I say to you today that you need to operate in the word of God until you become comfortable in the word, not yourself. Comfortable in wearing the word of God to where you don't even realize it's on you. That you just do it naturally is what I'm trying to say. It's a part of you. So that when the enemy attacks us, we can yank that sword out and we can cut his head off immediately and say, get thee behind me, Satan. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Do you notice what I had to do then? I had the sword upside down. Some of us going into battle with our swords upside down. We need to know the word better and turn them around to what the word really says. See, the Lord told me to just bring this. He goes, I'll preach. But no weapon is formed against you that will prosper. It's hard to get it back in the chief because it doesn't need to be in the chief. The sword of the Spirit will bring down strongholds in those we are ministering to. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active. So these darts and these enemies, the, the people, I was telling Joe, and it's the next point. Well, I'll, I'll wait till later. But know that we need to get past the person in front of us that, that makes us mad and we want to just hate. And, and, and maybe put over here and ignore and, and see the hurt in them and then speak the word over them and speak the word into them because the word of God is living and active. You got a friend, a wife, a husband, a child, an aunt, uncle, a boss, whatever, and they're throwing darts at you all the time, well, begin to love on them with the word of God. For the word of God is living. It's going to come alive in you. 
It's active. It's going to go to work. It's sharper than any two-edged sword piercing to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts of the intentions of the heart. You'll be able to speak into. You ever cast out a demon? It's scary. Yeah, demons exist. Jesus exists. Jesus has power over demons. But, but when you feel that demonic impression, I felt it this week ministering to somebody and don't, don't, don't yield to it. Begin to pray and ask the Lord to give you the words. And begin to speak the words. And you're going to see that spirit melt and go away from them. So that the God of heaven can get in and save their soul. We need the sword of the spirit. Because it divides and conquers the heart for God. So with the sword, we're highly effective. You know it's our only offensive weapon? The rest are protection. The word of God is your weapon, your, your sword, and it floats and does well. And without it, and this is where I believe a lot of the church world is, this is where our denomination is where it is right now because they don't follow the word of God completely. To the bottom. Keep thinking it. The only good this thing's going to be is I'm going to have some nice tasting orange juice at the end. But other than that, being at the bottom does no good. Preach the gospel. And shoes for feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Romans 10, 15. And how are we to preach unless they are sent? That is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. You are sent. God has called Oakton. God has called you. Not the pastor. He's called me, but he's called you. If you're a believer, he's called you to go into all the world. And he's anointed you and gave you all these things we're talking about, again, to preach the gospel. So God has called Oakton to go north or go save disciple and sin north, south, east, and west. Our adventure kids, where your children are at today, are you keeping up with what they're studying? Uh, this Sunday's lesson for uh, kindergarten through fifth grade is show others that they matter. But the little red uh, stop signs at the bottom are memory verses that they're memorizing. The word of God that we need. In other words, I need to learn how to pull this sword without getting my other hand to learn how to do it. But pull out the, the word of God and how can we show others on our block that they matter through the anointing and the word of God in our life. When we're clothed in the go, I believe some Christians are miserable because God's called them to go and they're not doing it. And if that's you today, come to these altars and submit to it. But I remember crying almost every day going to Freeman at the last because I felt called to be in the ministry and I didn't want to be in my secular job. That go is important. If God's told you to do something in the ministry, go do it. But when you're clothed in that go, save, disciple, sin, and that anointing, 
to preach the gospel, peace. Get that? The gospel, peace. How many people we know needs peace in their life? You don't, it'll, it'll, it'll sink to the bottom. Or you'll be ineffective or not as effective. I don't want to, I'm trying to be positive with this today because I want you to recognize who you are and we're going to go out in the full power on top. We're not going to talk about half or a little bit. We want it all. And then in closing today, other things that are mentioned in this here today, one that I really want to hit on is pray continuously. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. So when all these fiery darts are coming against you, you're praying. When I was dealing with these people this week or different ones this week, I'm praying and asking God for discernment, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit. For wisdom, which is a gift of the Holy Spirit to speak to their situation. But also with the fruit of the Spirit, when they tell you some things you don't want to hear. I've been when ministering to people this week. I had one of them that I'm not going to share with you, share something that really cut deep. But if the enemy can cut you deep and keep you from going on, then he will. And if I would have focused on you offended me, the offense, then I wouldn't have been able to minister. And so we get past the offense, the, the, dart, the dart of the enemy, the, by faith, and we see the hurt in that person, and we press into them and minister to them. But it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer on our knees in the mornings and nights and praying continuously at all times. The scripture even said here today in Ephesians six eighteen, praying at all times in the spirit with all supplication to the end. In other words, until Christ comes back. And then you're going to be praying all the time, worshiping him. With all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. I love Jude, and I think it's 20. I didn't write down the verse. But, But it's talking about the Holy Spirit meaning, I believe, praying in tongues. But, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the, your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. If the enemy can keep us from not using all the gifts, he will do that. Will you be ineffective if you don't? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that you'll do more in his name. So prayer, when we're clothed in prayer, we're going to float. And it's blowing my mind that the, the, the top's coming up on every one of these. I didn't know that when I was playing with that this week. But without prayer, and, and guys, I'll be honest with you, most people don't want to hear when, you, when they come to your office, let's pray. I've been praying, let's read the word. I use the word. I'll keep doing it. Because they're the most important thing. Salvation, prayer, the the, the word of God. The righteousness, the truth. All of these gifts. But are you saved today? 
That's the key. Got to get Jesus in our heart. Are you saved today and living for Jesus? Like I said, you can be saved and, and, and swimming for your life. You can be saved and swimming for your life. You may need to get some stuff out of the way so that you can start treading water and draw your sword. But however the Lord is dealing with you today, I noticed through the service that the Lord put it on my heart, some of you are called out. And that doesn't mean you're going to quit your job and go into full-time ministry, but it may mean that. But I believe we all are called and have an anointing in that calling. And we need to know what it is. But I say to you today, are you clothed with the armor of God? Are you walking in righteousness? We already talked about salvation. Are you walking in truth? You're like Jesus. The truth is all that matters. I don't give in to what the world thinks. I believe in the truth. Are we sharing the gospel? Are we operating the shield of faith? Pray for more faith if you're struggling. But I'll tell you to pray over the situation more and your faith will grow. Read over the word of God more and your faith will grow. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit today? Because that's important. I'm throwing a lot of, I'm kind of shotgun blasting now. I just want you to think.